Let me get right to the punchline. Your empathy is a problem. One thing we've discovered is that when we're coaching people, this subject of empathy comes up a lot. But just as often as we're helping people move toward empathy, we're also helping them move away from it. And that's exactly where we're going in episode four on The Wrong Conversation. Hello, and welcome to episode four of The Wrong Conversation. Before we jump into discussing the challenges around empathy, I would like to say that if you would like to receive notifications about new episodes, as well as get some fun bonus content and extra insights, then I invite you to sign up on our mailing list at thewrongconversationpodcast.com. There's so much more to what we're doing than just this show. You can even use that to suggest a subject for the show as well. And for the video lovers out there, remember you can always watch the show on YouTube. And of course, I wanted to remind you how much your interaction helps this show. Any like, share, comment, subscription, and especially review we receive is always deeply appreciated. So with all of that business out of the way, let's jump into a subject that took us a bit by surprise when we started coaching. Empathy. It was another, It was one of those things that uh, kind of surprised me when I started doing this, I think. Yeah? I don't, yeah, it was a counterintuitive thing for me that, that, that this was a real issue. I, I don't know why. I, I guess I didn't realize it as much until I started working with people how much they struggle with this. Over empathy, right? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a simple thing. You know, take empathy. It's a good thing. Uh, get more of it. Right. Apply it liberally. <laughs> exactly right right everything gets better right. and um and that's not it, it can be the case it cannot be the case yeah yeah was there a was there a moment or or a situation you remember when when you first discovered that like what was your introduction to this idea of the problem of empathy well i it was very uh, it was very dramatic in a certain way um this person was having a really hard time discerning, actually, between their own feelings and, and others, and other people's feelings. So it was very dramatic in that way. And I'm not even sure she was as, as aware of that. It just became very obvious to me that that was what was going on as she shared her struggles, right? And this happened at work for her. This happened at, you know, with her relationships, friends, family. Uh, she was a highly empathic person in that way, but it, it, it was overwhelming her. And I don't think she even really realized it that much. So again, that's a dramatic, uh, but that was when I really, really saw it starkly. And, and it was an interesting journey to try to help her walk through that, you know, like to decipher, you know. Like when you have empathy for someone, they say it's like seeing through another person's eyes or, or walking a mile in their shoes or any of those metaphors. But you can see so much through someone's eyes that it is hard to decipher whose eyes are whose, whose problems yeah. are whose. Whose enemies are whose, right? Yeah, you, yeah tend absolutely. To, you tend to load on yourself all of that baggage. That's it. And it gets very um, disorienting, like, you know, like, like how to move forward. And then therefore, what you do is whatever anybody wants you to do, <laughs> right? You, you become yeah. sort of like that because you don't know what else to do. You, you're kind of, you're disoriented. You're, you're, I don't want to, anyways, you, I think the point is clear in that way. Like uh, it, because you're lost in this, it's a kind of murky too, right? 
because you've you've blended you've and it sounds good like you said just like the like to I would it, I would encourage that a lot of times with somebody right like like there isn't such there isn't so much difference between you and the other person as you think you know that's something yeah. I would say a lot but at the same time you do have to know that there is a difference right there is a line yeah. it reminds me of the last thing too of knowing like when we were talking about marriage right like you want to become the other person or you, they're there to show you something else, but you don't want to get lost in that something else. It's not who you are. One of the tools I have um, at my disposal in coaching is, is what we call the Energy Leadership Index Assessment yeah. or the ELI Assessment. We've yeah, done those yeah. together. Yeah, you had me do it. Yeah. Where it just really breaks down your state or your level of thinking or your level of engagement into different levels. And empathy, obviously, is a rather high state of being it's it a is. very it's a rather highly conscious state because you have to be conscious of another and um and one of the things that that it even said in the in the book as we're as we're learning how to give people this assessment because every yeah. energy levels from the low to the high all comes with pros and cons it doesn't matter the high ones aren't all pros and the low ones aren't all cons sure so empathy had its pros and cons and i remember reading there that you know you can Put yourself into service of someone else so deeply that you can lose yourself in the process. Sure. And so I remember reading that and I'm like, oh, that intellectually makes sense. But then I spoke with people and I gave a lot of these assessments. Mm -hmm. And in, in these assessments, there is a level that kind of contains empathy. And when people showed up in that level uh, very highly, the other level they showed up very high in was the most was the bottom level, which was yes. kind of more of a of a victim status, uh, uh, no good options, worn out, and I kept seeing these two numbers appear together all the time on people's assessments, and I yeah. realized that they are tied together because if you give so much of yourself, yeah, um, well then there's what's left, right? With danger number one. Of, empathy, <laughs> of too much it empathy. Is. Yeah. 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 No, it, it just hearing you talk about it, it's a it's a very sad thing in a certain way. Not and not in a condescending way, but just like these people are tend to be very beautiful people, right? I mean they're just they're just the salt of the earth kind of people. And because they care so deeply. Yeah. But they don't know how to balance that. So they wear themselves out. That's kind of part of what you're talking about, I think. And uh it, it's it's sad thing to to watch, you know. Um, you can lose yourself to it, or it can drain you, like we're saying, right? It can yeah. drain you so much, and then, and then if if you are there, I mean, a lot of people who are very empathetic want to serve other yeah. people, but then it starts to reduce your ability to serve. Right. So I, I think about um, I remember Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of mm -hmm. Highly Effective People, and he oh, yeah. he uses that the old metaphor of the goose that lays the golden eggs. Yeah. And so, if an empathetic person is the goose that's laying the golden eggs for someone else who who could be served by their empathy, if if the goose isn't taken care of, there are no more golden eggs. That's right. right? So so you can wear. This yourself is the sad out. part. That's where I feel the sadness. That's what I. That, well, then that's two it. people are lost, right? So yes. in the in the sacrificial service of one person, two people are actually lost if it goes yeah. too far. If it goes too far. Yeah. If it goes too far, right? So it's important to go there, and it's important that it doesn't go too far. You know, the first thing that popped in my mind as you first started saying, um, 
the conscious awareness of someone else. The problem that I see a lot of times is it's not so conscious. It's, it's, it's a dimly conscious thing. Like it, it, I think these people tend to just naturally be that way. So there yes. isn't so much consciousness about it. You know what I mean? And that's part of what our job becomes, right? Is to pull in a greater awareness into what's actually occurring. Because they're not that aware. I mean, they know they're givers. I mean, I don't think any of them don't know that. And they know, you know what I mean? But, but they don't, like, I remember having that conversation with her specifically, too, where I pointed out, it's, I said, it seems like, like you don't know the difference between your coworkers' feelings and your own. Like, like you're taking them on so completely that you're not even sure how you actually feel. I said, is that a true statement? Or tell me, oh, no, it is. Absolutely, you're right. And, and I could see the shift in her eyes, too, right? Because I don't think she had realized that. Like that, well, that, had, that confusion had happened. You know what I mean? Well, focus is, I mean, uh, I think of empathy as being focused on the other, and focus is, by definition, uh, uh, yes. removing information, right? Removing context and removing information. Right. And, well, there's a lot of dangers in that, right? There's a, there might be some important information. You might be lost in that information. Right. It's kind of what you're saying about her. Is it, is it her own needs, her own feelings were being lost because she was so focused somewhere yeah. else? And exactly. like you said about not being aware of it, I, I don't know if you've seen the stories. Uh, there's, there's, in psychology, there's a, a lot of talk about social contagions or emotional contagions. Yep. If you're in a group of people... And, and everyone starts to, sh if, if, if a strong feeling is being felt somewhere, it tends to spread throughout the crowd. Yeah. And uh, the science is, that I've seen is specifically centered around young girls because it's, it's quite common with young teen girls. But if, if one girl becomes anorexic, the whole friend group tends to dabble in anorexia. Or yeah. if one girl starts to do self-harm or something, is really struggling with something, it tends to spread because her friends empathize, they, they want yeah. to empathize, and all of a sudden it's like it becomes this, like this emotional contagion that spreads, but people aren't doing it on purpose. They're not right. trying, and, but they have trouble differentiating between someone else's feelings and their own. Yeah. You know, I think this happens with men, too. I mean, obviously it happens of with course. men, uh, but, you know, you get the opposite. The I don't give up attitude, <laughs> right? That's mm -hmm. contagious. I, I found myself, because I'm a naturally caring person and, and sensitive person in that way, but hang around with the wrong people long enough, and I stop behaving that way. Even stop seeing yeah. the world that way for a little bit. You know, it's, I, I think it's a real thing, no matter what side of the spectrum, no matter what side of the sexes, you know what I mean? Uh, 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 it's a real thing, for sure, I think. We're so, just generally, all of us are social animals, and... We all engage in some level of unconscious mirroring, right, of each yeah, other. Mirroring, yeah. Right. You don't even realize you're doing it, but you you tend to want to fit into the crowd. You want to you want to find some I don't know camaraderie or sameness, and so you and it's not it's not a conscious thing. It's unconscious mirroring. It is. This is the this comes back to my original point, right? Mm -hmm. When you're empathizing, which is more being sensitive to other people's feelings, not the what I displayed as a or what I discussed as a male thing, which you wouldn't care maybe or something, you know, as a stereotype, but you're not conscious of the fact that you're doing that really, not at a deep enough level, and that's why it's a drain too. By the way, David, do you, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. a short. It's like a, it's like an energy short. Like there's something short circuiting somewhere, and so it's slowly draining, draining, and you're not aware of that. Here's another danger with empathizing, right? 
the feelings slash thoughts that come along with the feelings of another person are not necessarily right. Matter of fact, we know that they're not entirely right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the more we empathize with that, if we get lost in that, we can get lost mm -hmm. in a pretty dark place sometimes. Right? I, my wife, by the way, is an incredibly empathic. I mean, to the usage of that word where it gets to spiritual things. Like my wife has gifts, if you will, you know, in, that, that verge on the empathy thing. But she has come, she has fallen victim to it many, many times, less and less, because she's progressing, which is a very beautiful thing to watch, but become victim to what they call like uh, energy vampires, or I don't know if you ever heard that term, right? Because she's a magnet, they can sense it, you know? And she would just sit there and empathize and empathize and empathize. And some of this empathy that was some of these things she was empathizing were really dark and, and just draining, would drain her. And, and they wouldn't, you know, they were never, this is the black hole syndrome, right? They're, it's never filled. It's never, you're never really actually doing anything with that. They're just constantly draining and draining and draining, you know, which is an example of what I'm trying to say. It's like, not everybody's thing is, is, I don't want to say worth empathizing because that sounds cruel, but you have to know, right? When this is a black hole, so to speak, and, and you need to stop at that point. And not everyone who suffers is a victim. Yeah. I, I mean, it's really hard. When you're empathizing with somebody and all you can see is they're suffering, uh, you see them as a victim. But if, if, if you're able to stay objective, sometimes you can see, you know. Yeah. I mean, everyone who suffers might be a victim of themselves, but they may not be a victim of something on the outside. They may not, like, those lines get blurred when you're, when you're too in the feeling. They do. Right? They do. And then your wife, I can just say, I mean, we talked about or I talked about at the beginning, like um, uh, empathy dragging you down so you, that you get so drained that you become a victim. But maybe it doesn't drain you that much. Maybe it drains you a little bit, but one step above victim mentality is is like hostility and resentfulness and anger. Sure. I mean, if you're someone who, who is naturally very empathetic and, and people are always, <laughs> like you said, the, the energy vampires can make you really resentful. And then what good are you as an, as an empath, right? <laughs> yeah. No, no, that was her journey for sure. It was She followed that very natural progression of things, right? Anger was the next thing in a way. Resentment, then anger. In other words, there was energy there for her to start realizing, I need to do something about this. I mean, it's obvious I'm not helping these people. And yeah. it is extremely draining for me. Like, I'm worthless after that, you know, for my family, for myself, you know what I mean? So uh, it took a little bit of that, like, damn it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I got to do something about this. I can't just keep doing that, you know. You can believe that, that you are helping someone. And I'm saying this because you said your wife realized, I'm not actually helping these people. Right. And that, that, that is a shift. Like, that is a, that is a bit is. of growth. Because you can feel like you are like, well, I'm empathizing, and empathizing is helpful. This must be helpful. And, but there is a line between when it stops being helpful or when they're asking, they're, they're just trying to drain you for whatever yeah. reason, right? And you're unable to stop them. And so to realize that line when, when your empathy is helping and then when it's not helping, that, that's growth. I mean, I think that's a, that's a, that's bring a skill it home. to learn. It yeah. is, and that's a bring it home uh, point right there. If you want my uh, my opinion, like you just brought it home a little bit there. I think that's a that's a takeaway from this talk. If you want my opinion, it's like uh, to to search for that too. You know what I mean? To search for that yeah. line in some way or another, like to to be uh, aware of the fact that there is a crossover where it's not 
it's empathy still, I suppose, but it becomes something else. It becomes the shadow side, as you you know, of empathy, where it's a it's a yeah. rabbit hole, it's a black hole. You're you're not getting anywhere with that. Not for the person, not for yourself. You know, that's um, an important thing to know. I think. Yeah, if we keep doing this, we're going to lose both of us, and potentially more. Yeah. Yeah. This is the this is the art of setting boundaries that that is such a common conversation for so many people. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's a good use for boundaries. I'm not a huge fan of boundaries as a as a as an end because they're not one in my opinion, but they're a good means mm-hmm. sometimes. Does that make any sense? Like like to me, we don't want to live in a world of boundaries, but they are appropriate sometimes. Do you know what I mean? So they change the speed of something. I don't know why that just came to mind. Like you said, they're temporary. Like a boundary, like puts the brakes on for a minute. Yeah, Ener- exactly. Energy is flowing too fast right now to serve either one of us. Let me set up a boundary to slow us down. Doesn't mean it's over. Right. <laughs> right. It doesn't doesn't right. mean I won't give you some of this later. It doesn't mean that we that, that there's not some flexibility. It just means a boundary is just like a slowing. Let's slow down the energy transfer here a bit. Yeah, and exactly. so when we say your empathy is a problem, we're not meaning that empathy itself is a problem. It just means that, that, uh, like ever, like everything, it comes with the seed of its own destruction, right? I I don't yeah. know where that quotes yeah. from, but that everything in the world comes with the seed of its own destruction. Yeah, and, uh, a silly way that I always say that is your strength can become your weakness. It's, that's even it's better. Another saying. way of saying it's just a simpler way to say it, right? I mean, uh, yeah, it's and it's true always. Like in other words, you take your strength too far, in a strange way, and it becomes a weakness. Well, so the thing I always say when that follows up with the strength becomes weakness. As a matter of fact, I do. I think I do have a video about this. Your weakness can become a strength. There's the hope, if that makes any sense, right? Like, like in yeah. other words, so you're weak in the spot. So you over-empathize, let's say. That, that's kind of what our point is, right? We're, we're, it's mm-hmm. the cautionary tale of, of over-empathizing. And that's a weakness. But there's a potential strength that lies there. And some of that may be to turn some of that focus back to yourself if you're a victim of, you know, energy vampires. Yeah, well, I think what you said earlier is the key is just consciousness consciousness of what what are you doing are you empathizing or yeah. is your empathy running away from you is it being taken from you without your <laughs> consent That's or permission great yes right yeah. you know i i think about why we think that empathy is a really good thing and why we think the world could should have more of it and it, it is mm-hmm. so that we can reach us uh more of a shared social understanding or an understanding between people so that we can serve people better. And so I always think of empathy and service as kind of being tied together. But then too much empathy, like we said, it can wear you out and you can wear yourself out till you're unable to serve. So that's one level of it. But but then when we talk about how things can be unconscious and you can get unconsciously swept up in these emotions, you know, if you're too busy feeling then you're not that busy thinking, right? It's very hard (laughs) to think and feel at a high level at the same time. That takes a lot of practice. It does. It's a great skill to acquire. It's a great skill, but it's a skill that's hard won. And so one tends to take over the other. You can think and be cold and then not have empathy, or you can have so much feeling that you stop thinking. But then when you stop thinking, you lose the ability to be objective. And then when you're trying to help somebody, if all you're coming to them with are feelings and, you don't, and you've lost the ability to be objective, well, then you're blind potentially to what they actually need. 
Yes, this I, I, I've been. This is uh, something that it just occurred to me. Uh, probably not the first time, but I feel like it's almost the first time. Uh, this is the birthplace of the enabler. Over-empathizing. You know, parents do it a lot, right? Parents. This is a very, very common thing as a parent. It's hard to it's hard to resist um, because you love the creature so darn much you know and so you get you know you don't the, to any pain for them is very challenging but sometimes I, I i say this often no is love too right yes <laughs> right a yes. form of discipline if you will uh it's not fun you can see they don't like it but you know because you're not just using your heart this is what made me think of it right you're using yeah. your head too and you know this is not good for you. You're, you're a little guy or a little girl and you don't quite understand this yet. So I have to stop empathizing with your six-year-old, eight-year-old perspective and realize, yes. you know, that I need, yeah, you get it. If you're only in your empathy for your child or for anyone, right, mm -hmm. you can want to, they have a problem and you want to solve it for them. Right. Right. But then you deny them the opportunity to solve their own problem. You deny them their own their own karma or their own destiny or however you want to say it. Like you, sure. you deny them you deny them the ability to learn how to solve their own problems. And therefore don't solve anything. You actually create more problems most of the time like that. Exactly. So your empathy right? is a destructive force for them and then you keep getting pulled back in to the things they can't keep solving. Yeah, cuz you can't help but empathize. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is the problem. This is the parent with the drug addict child, yeah. right? Or the or, partner or with a drug addict. Any partner. child. Yeah. 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 Take well, away the of drug course, addict. I'm saying dramatic. Yeah. 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 But it can be that way with uh, with friends too. I often think of uh, like when I'm trying to make this point with people. I'm like, well, let's say that your best friend's uh, crappy ex dumped them in a mean way, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so you get mad. You get mad at their ex. Okay. Well. There's a couple things going on. Well, now you have an enemy that you didn't have before, right? <laughs> so that's a weight on you. Uh, but then you can stay mad at the other person's, not their enemy, but their adversary or the person who's in opposition. The, the person you're trying to serve might be ready to forgive and move on or think something different, but you might be empathizing with them so much, you might keep egging them on to stay in the fight. Oh, yeah. Don't take that. Yeah. You should, you know, like, because yeah. your feelings become involved in, in the argument. And then all of a sudden, like, you're the one continuing their battle that they would very happily walk away from. Sure. Yeah, yeah I agree. This happens in a larger scale, too, I think. I, I really do. You know, the loud voice can, it's sort of the social contagion, like you're saying, you know, whether it's politics or there's a lot of different, I mean, that's somewhere where you really see it often, but it's a similar yes. sort of thing though, right? Like, like somebody gets up and shouts and really loud, whatever it is, and you empathize with it. It's probably something you already kind of believed or thought, right? But not maybe to that level, but now all of a sudden you're feeling that way. So you're carrying that on, you know? And, and it's not, it doesn't play out naturally anymore. It's like some sort of a snowball, you know? I love on, it. On it doesn't scale. play out naturally. Yeah. It's a snowball. I, I think of all poli uh, political argument as just weaponized empathy. Yeah. What, yeah. what are you doing? You're taking, what, what does any 
political argument do? It takes somebody who's being negatively affected by something that's happening in the world and it's making you hyper aware of their story and it's making you angry about the injustice in yeah. their story. And then right. they suggest their a solution. And because you're so angry about this, the injustice that's happening to this person, you're like, yes, solve this, right? <laughs> right. And you're so emotional, you're right. you stop thinking. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, exactly. You're right for whatever comes next, right? Yeah. yeah. But what happens is you're focused in on that person's problem, and because yeah. you're focused in on them, you're eliminating all of the surrounding context, right? If if your if your empathy is too focused on one person, it's not focused on somebody else, and right. and a lot of political discussions aren't even about philosophy or political philosophy. It's about who do you empathize with most, and who we exclude from our empathy. Right. Which is where it becomes a problem, even in something like that, right? In other words, don't forget the other. Don't over-empathize. You know? Don't over-empathize with one side or the other. Let's approach it as objectively as we possibly can. And that is not how we normally approach things. And it's definitely not how whatever media, it doesn't matter which side and any of that stuff, they never approach it that way, no. right? So you no, have to be hyper aware yes. of that. You have to be hyper aware of that as you're consuming information, right? To try to watch out yes. for over empathizing, right? I think we should leave it at that too because I don't want, we don't want to get into the politics too much, but that is an applicable use of this conversation, I think. Does that make sense? Well, it's, to be <clears throat> you can take it from politics, but it just apply it back to anything in life. People can That's weaponize it. your empathy against you. Yes. People can use your empathy, right? They, they can they can turn you into their servants. And just like you're not co conscious yeah. sometimes of how much you're empathizing, they're probably not conscious of that of them doing that. Exactly. So it's not. I mean, some people are. We know this, but a yes. lot of people are not. So. No. You know, right. They just kind of, the, if you're over empathizing, you're probably going to get taken advantage of in that way. Not even intentionally, just naturally. Yeah. Because, because by you keeping your focus on them, you lose focus on yourself or the surrounding yeah. context or the other people right. involved or the rest of the world. It, it's very easy because, because empathy is like a magnifying lens, a focused magnifying lens, mm -hmm. right? It, and it, it does limit information, but that creates what I call empathetic blind spots. Yeah. I also think of empathy and, and your understanding of people to be tied, right? The, the more you already understand someone, the more you're likely to empathize with them. The more you choose to empathize with somebody, the more you're able to understand them. Okay? Sure. So, mm -hmm. so understanding and empathy are, are tied and they go back and forth. But if you have common empathetic blind spots... Or, or if you have habitual <laughs> empathetic blind spots, then you mm -hmm. have a habitual lack of understanding about people, a part of the world, a part of the problem. Right. And that's dangerous because it is. it's not just because not just it's dangerous for them, but it's dangerous for you because you have to live in the world whether you understand it or not. It's dangerous for the world. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It, no, I, this is a beautiful conversation. I mean, I had because we never talk about these things. I never know where they're going. Yeah, yeah. But th this is a beautiful point and, and, a, and a poignant and important point I, I, that I didn't expect to come up. But this is really... I sum it up this way because I, I think everyone has a, has a way that... Uh, everyone's empathy naturally flows to certain places. 
-hmm. And there's other places it doesn't naturally flow. Right. Just like there's things in your life that are easy for you to face, and there's things in your life that are hard for you to face. Exactly. There's truths that are easy for you to accept. There's truths that are hard for you to accept. Right? Mm -hmm. And so your energy or your focus, there's places where it doesn't want to go. And that leads to the empathetic blind spots. And that's what you're talking about. If it's too focused in one place, then you miss all this other stuff. And so I sum it up as your empathy is most useful often where it's least willing to go. (laughs) That's a good bow. You just tied a bow on that. That was pretty good. (laughs) That's a bow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. That was good. So much of life is negotiation. Yeah. And this comes back to the back and forth thing we talked about. If you are going to properly negotiate a, a real solution with somebody, then you have to be able to empathize with them. But a lot of times when you're negotiating with people, and I use the word negotiate because because a lot of times we're stuck in a world where we have to work with somebody who is a challenge for us. This is politics, right? Yeah. This is marriage. This is marriage right? too. Yeah, yeah, right. This is marriage. This is this is uh, work. Your work colleagues, right? Mm-hmm. These are people who you you can't get through life defeating. You can't defeat your spouse. <laughs> yeah. You can't defeat your coworker. You can't defeat your fellow citizens, right? It, it's not going to work out. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not going to work out. So at some level, you have to negotiate. And if you if you don't send your empathy where it's least willing to go, then you don't understand them. And if you don't understand them, you can't negotiate with them. And if you can't negotiate with them, everyone loses, including you. Exactly. Exactly. Bring it home, David. <laughs> That's it, baby. No, seriously, that is it. That is it. I think uh, that is it. That's the bring home message, period. I know we had another one there, but this one, I think, is uh, more succinctly said, too. And I, I don't know, as you were saying, I could feel it. That if people were able to do that or to even be willing, because we always talk about that, to be willing to work on that, to see the value in that and to start working on that, placing your empathy where it's, where it's least willing to go, right, the world would be a different place. I, I feel like I could honestly say that. The world would be a different place. This is another point in negotiation. When I was saying you you can't successfully negotiate with somebody if you don't understand them. Mm -hmm. But, but But you also have the trouble of the fact that they don't understand or empathize with you. Right? So that that's another challenge to negotiation. If if you try to empathize with somebody and you can, it helps you understand them. If you Mm -hmm. understand, the better you understand them, the better you can communicate with them. The better you can communicate with them, the more they understand you. The more they understand you, the more willing they are to empathize with you. And the more willing they are to empathize with you, the better the negotiation goes. Sure. When this this is is done in a balanced way, obviously, right? Yes, but I I do think that that empathy leads to empathy. It can. It can, sure. If you're careful... If you're, I mean, you can't, don't just give it. But I mean, what I'm talking about are the circumstances when you don't want to give empathy, right? If you walk into a negotiation, ah. you can be trying to negotiate the price on a car, right? So you go negotiate the price in the car. What's the salesman trying to do? How's your weekend? Got any kids? I got <laughs> some kids, right? Trying to empathize with you. Why? So then you empathize with the car salesman. And therefore, right. it, it greases the wheels of the negotiation because now there's something, there's some commonality. But it all starts with somebody making the first move. 
even though it's an adversarial negotiation. But I it, get it. I, I, I forgot that part because I interrupted you, too, I think. So, so I, I forgot that we're, we're dealing with a difficult situation here in a way. Like we're taking our empathy and putting it in a place that it doesn't want to go naturally. That's, that was the But sometimes your empathy doesn't want to go to your wife or your husband. It's true. Yeah. Right? In you certain, get in an adversarial yeah, relationship with them. But mm -hmm. as soon as you kind of break the barrier and say, I, you don't want to empathize with them when you're pissed off at them. Right. I'm angry with you right I'm now. I'm angry at you. I, I right, feel right. like defeating you. I'm but instead, let yeah. me let me try to actually understand. And my empathy does not want to go there, so let me send it there anyway. And as soon as you and as soon as you try to empathize, you might actually understand why they're upset. The fact that you can mm -hmm. understand why they're upset allows them invites them to empathize with you, and then invites them to see why you're upset. And then all of a sudden, something can happen. Some negotiation that moves forward can happen. Yeah. David, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. I would be so bold as to say that 90% of the time something will happen. If you authentically empathize in those challenging moments. That's my experience. Yeah. If you can authentically do that. You, know, you can't fake it. <laughs> that, yeah, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't play out very good. But if you're really there, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, actually. That's a, again, it shows the power of empathy. But it, it absolutely can transform something like that. Yeah. It's one of those things that, you know, uh, whenever I get myself in a negotiating uh, sort of situation, especially if something like a blowout has happened, let's say a family blowout has happened or something strange like that, right? I, I am totally ready to go into that situation. And I usually have very little fear or dread about it even. Why? Well, there's two reasons. One, because I have a sense of my authentic personal powers, I would say. But two, because I know that I have the ability to empathize. Like, I, it won't be hard for me to do that. Even if, even if I'm really frustrated, like it's just a skill I've developed, I suppose. Maybe I was naturally good at it, too. But the point is, once I do that, I know that I will get it. Uh, time and time again, it's been proven for me. In some really touchy, <laughs> you know, like sketchy yeah. sort of situations but if i'm willing to, by the way i hate to drag this word in here again because we should almost just stay on on, on empathy but it does it's vulnerability they're, they're very closely vulnerability you know, and willingness are words that are going to come up in every single conversation <laughs> we ever have at nauseum right? <laughs> right and they should yeah. yeah and they deserve to because those are the words yeah but that's what happened because I'm willing to be vulnerable and really put myself and empathize with them and really see it, not not some fake show, um, every time. I, I I don't know if there's ever been a time, and if there has, uh, it's usually be, it just takes longer. So maybe that didn't that one discussion didn't work out. I have to just do it again <laughs> because I think a lot of times people don't believe it. Sometimes that happens, you know. Like there's a risk to believing it. Yeah, there is. Because are they are they tricking you or not? Right. Are you so empathetic about them? Just you're just trying to hold yourself together and be tough. But as soon as so as soon as they give you an inch, right? Like yeah. Or as soon as you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile, and then all of a sudden you're not where you want to be. Exactly. And right. I I think that's why you can kind of wield it uh, pretty freely because I think that you you're conscious of where those lines are in you. I can give it. Yeah. yeah. I can take it away. I can, I can, I can 
I can think under it. I can think over it. I can move the, my focus back and forth. Like, yeah, and I'm not as afraid of that. The loss, yeah. first of all, I just don't believe it's even going to happen most of the time. Right? It's just not, I just don't even buy into that story. And second of all, typically, whatever you're afraid of losing isn't that big of a deal. And it's not worth it. Again, you know what this has to do with? It has to do with that higher thing. Like, I place my empathy higher than even that person and certainly than just myself. Like, there's a higher thing to serve, as you would use, as you would say, right? What am I serving? I'm serving something higher, not, not even just this negotiation, if you want to call it that. You know, like, to me, I'm in there battling for the goodness of humanity almost, <laughs> you know? Like, literally, though, that's sort of where my mindset's at. You see what I'm saying? And that, and that empathizing isn't just empathizing with this person, but how about the bigger picture? Empathizing with it, which is to say what? Feeling it. Remaining aware of it in some way. Because that's the thing. It's not like, uh, it's not about over-empathizing if you think about it. It's about over-focusing on one empathy. Do you know what I mean? Like That, that to me is the central point. Yeah. Like you just landed on it. It's, yeah, it's not about amount of empathy. It's, it's about where it's focused. And that's why yes. I said that about marriage. Advocate for the marriage and it'll advocate for you was the line. But the yeah. point is, if you're always serving only your wife's needs, the marriage is going to die. If you're only serving no, your own right, needs, exactly. the marriage is going to die. And right. advocating for the marriage itself is just an invitation to think instead of yes. just feel. Yes, yes. You think, yes. Not, not what does she need, what do <laughs> I need? What does it need? It's a different question. It is. It's a it higher is. question. Yeah, it's a higher question. So it pulls you up, right? If your empathy is toward the bigger picture, then your empathy will be properly distributed and properly balanced with thinking and properly balanced with with truth and properly balanced with accuracy and you know naturally that's naturally. what's beautiful about that naturally yeah yeah it happened this is what the Tao this is what they would call the Tao right like why they say uh, you know like it's like morality is in the Tao I can't remember the quote I wish I could do it but it's like a second or third tier like like this is what we do when we can't do it right we come up with morality <laughs> you know it's kind of the quote I don't know if you've ever heard that quote right because no, but, but it instantly you know lands, what I, yeah. because it's like that's what we yeah it's because we're forcing something we're trying we know there's the right thing here but we can't figure it out we can't do it naturally so then we come up with this contrived notion of morality right but if we yeah. were to place a high, yeah you see it anyways yeah if you're that's having a clean conversation and a high level conversation with your conscience it's just automatic yeah right Right, but that's a hard thing to achieve, right? Yeah. It is, it is. Yeah. <laughs> right, so so uh, morality fills in the gap whenever we can't manage to uh, to let nature. But but by focusing upward, by focusing on yeah, and it's such an easy thing to trick yourself to think that you're doing. I think everyone thinks <laughs> they're is. serving the greater good. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. It's so true. And then that that's it, it, what the the, the, the check is the ego check. You know, that's yeah. Am I willing to be wrong? <laughs> it's usually a really simple one, you know. Am, yeah, I, am willing I willing to be, willing to be wrong? wrong? And that's why I said earlier, are you angry? Because mm. if you're angry, are you really being empathetic? And 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 I think that people are like, well, there's so much injustice in the world, if, and I'm, I can't help but be angry about it. How's that not serving the greater good? So it's such a subtle point, but and so and I don't even know quite how to put it into words. Well, yet, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it in a way, right? Right? It's. Okay. Um, are you serving anger or is anger serving you? That's what I want to say. That's when you know. 
Do you know what I mean? Because when, when anger is serving you is when you fall down the rabbit hole of anger and you no longer, it's taking over, yeah. right? But when, 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 ang- when you're serving anger, is that what I meant to say? <laughs> but, but when anger is serving you, that means that you're able to use anger to snap you into action, right? Yes. And move You can, call, and move you can zoom into anger and zoom out. Exactly. Like we talk about. You know, it just reminds me of something else that keeps, it's a reoccurring thing here as we, it's the ability to zoom in and zoom out, zoom in and zoom out, yep. right? That, that's part of what we're talking about, if you, you know, it, it's not that you don't want to empathize. Obviously, we know that. We, you just have to have the ability to pull yourself out of that and see what else is there. Because like you keep pointing out, the more you focus, I always think of Heisenberg principle, right? That's, that's yeah. You know science way better than I do, but it's like the more they learned in science that the more you focus in on something, you are necessarily excluding other information. That's just the nature of it. You can't help and it. And it just makes sense intuitively. It you does, know, that's right. It's not, right. If you're focused on a project, uh, you don't know what's going on around you in the room. If you're really in right. flow state with something you're doing and you're really in it, uh, you don't know. The rest of the world disappears. In fact, we in like way, flow yeah. state because of <laughs> the rest of the world <laughs> yeah, disappears. That's, right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but empathy can be the same thing. I think it's really compelling. It's really compelling to... And you can sit there and believe that it's the highest thing you can do to pour all sure. of your attention onto another. It sounds like the highest and most noble thing. But but if you do it too much, you can destroy them. You can destroy you. You can... Yeah. Because like I said, you, you if you ignore too much information from the rest of the world, then you don't understand the rest of the world. And if you don't understand the rest of the world, the world becomes more dangerous to you. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's self-serving as well, not to get too wrapped up into this. Yeah. But, but, it, but, but you serve yourself and others at the same time, if you're able to step back. And, because and, balance always does that. Yeah. Right? Balance always service, uh, serves the greater good, I think. I really do. It's very rare to come into the situation where balance isn't the appropriate response, if that makes any sense. Balance or even flexibility, like you said, being able to go in and out. Yes, right? that's another way of putting, that's, that's like another dimension to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like, maybe you can't do both at the same time. So, so sometimes when I hear, think, I love the word balance, but sometimes I fear that people think that balance is some sort of compromise between two places yeah. and picking a point. Yeah. But it's not. It's it's a balance in almost like the being able to move back and forth between things and just being flexible within between. You know, you have to be able to go in and really like as a coach, okay, so we're coaches. We have to we have to manage both of these things at the same time. My job as a coach is to empathize with somebody. When they talk to me, I have to mm-hmm. hear them. And not just hear what they're saying. I have to hear what they're feeling and I have to really know what that's like. But if I get wrapped up in their problem, I'm a useless coach. No help, right? (laughs) No help. It's so interesting. Yep. So I have to stay cold, you know? Not cold. Cold's the wrong word. But I have to stay objective. I have to stay outside of the problem or else... I can't lift them out of their problem or, you know... I'm I'm gonna quote yourself here. You have to stay flexible, which by the way was just profound. Awesome. You have mm-hmm. to stay flexible. You have to be able to do that and then spring back <laughs> out of that and say, hey, this is kind of what I'm seeing now that I've, I've been here with you. And now I can see, I, I come back to David land here a little bit more objective in your issues. And, and I can just, I don't know, I'm just wondering, maybe this, maybe that, right? You know what I mean? Like, or ask the right questions so that they can, you know, 
have a different thought because now you're triggering a different uh, uh, response from them because of the question you ask, right? I mean, those are usually the most powerful. Right? That's when yeah. they answer their own questions, right? I mean, when you do that sort of thing. But it takes that flexibility. That's all I was trying to say. I, I think that's beautiful. It really does. So that's the skill of, of coaching, which is that flexibility, being able to go in and then step back out. And then that's what you're trying to bring to them is the same flexibility. Yeah. They need to be in touch with themselves. They need to be in touch with the people that they're working through problems with. They have to be in touch with the broader context. They have to be able to step outside of their own feelings. They have to be able to go into their own feelings, right? Yes. So, yeah. So the whole game, whether it's the coach or even the person being coached, is just about is about being able to, to change perspectives. I think this is part of the value. Seeing that is, is seeing the value of doing this work, of inner yes. work. You know, that's yes. what you just described. And again, I said this last time, but what you just described, David, is freedom. I love it. It's freedom. It's true. Yeah. Because yeah. it's freedom, and I just want to go back to something you were saying about anger, that, that it's sometimes it's hard to tell whether you have anger or anger has you. Yeah. When you're empathetic, it's very easy to be angry because you can be empathetic to your friend and angry at whoever is causing your friend pain. Right? right? Anger is very easy in empathy. It's not the other way around. Empathy is not easy from anger. But then even right. once you get above empathy into the win-win spreading empathy around, then empathy is easier. Yeah. Right? Because because you know how to you know how to you know how to let it out so that it doesn't drain you. Right? So it's more sustainable. And then anger is easy to call upon. Understanding the role of the victim is easy to call upon. Taking yeah. responsibility is easy to call upon. Forgiveness is easy to call upon, right? Because yeah, you're because exactly. you're working up here. So you have to keep zooming out and and upping the conversation, upping the level of the conversation, upping the level yeah. of your consciousness, upping the level of your energy. Because once you get up there, then you have options. Then you can zoom yeah. in and you can zoom out, and therefore you have freedom. You have emotional freedom, intellectual freedom empathetic freedom yeah exactly right? you know <laughs> absolutely you know this just happened to me personally i told you when i came home here and i had all these things and part of the you know mm -hmm. we're going to record this and all that stuff and the dryer's broken and my wife's wearing <laughs> oh gosh and I, so we're trying to unhook the dryer and the damn thing just will not unhook you know like i lost my temper like it was so because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm you know the time was constraint was tough but I lost my temper. It was natural to lose my temper. It didn't own me. You know, like I lost my yeah. temper. I apologized to my wife. Like that was ridiculous. But that whole thing was ridiculous. And, you know, and so, oh, gosh, I got to record with David now. Yes. I can record with David now because I have some of that like ability to move mm -hmm. on. It doesn't own yeah, me. Yeah, you've practiced the zoom out. Yeah, exactly. A lot of times, because people will say, "Okay, so I don't want to be an ang I don't want to be angry. Um, I want to be empathetic." But you say, "Well, it's not bad to get angry. Anger can be useful. You just yeah. want the ability not to live there. You yeah. want the ability to zoom out from it as quickly as possible, or as quickly as it's beneficial. You you want out, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. not that anger is bad. It's that no, it, right. it, if it's your a human only experience. option is anger, <laughs> if your right. only option is anger, then that can be bad. That's it. You want, exactly. You want right. options. Therefore, freedom. 
How do right. you get freedom? You learn to zoom out. You you advocate for <laughs> the marriage instead of for yourself or for the for your partner. You advocate for humanity instead of these humans versus these humans. Exactly. You right? You advocate yeah. for yeah. you advocate up as much as you can. It's so important, David, you know, mm. to do to this ability. It's so important. Uh, um, I, I'm happy we had this conversation. I didn't know where it was going to go, but I, it's just such a it's such a sorely needed thing to understand this whole nuance too. I mean, we're talking about a great deal of nuance here to, to have a skill like that, to be able to do that. Uh, and to even know that, hey, there is a way to empathize with humanity and to think about it in those terms, not get lost. And it doesn't mean you don't care about your side, so to speak, but to remember that there still is yet another thing that's greater. Yeah. Right. That can but be it's served. hard to empathize with humanity as a whole until you can empathize with the people you least want to empathize with. That's true. That is true. And it's and and it's it can be frightening to empathize with other people because one you start to learn about other people. You can make yourself wrong. You can let down your guard to them. You mm-hmm. can you can open yourself up to a darkness that comes from maybe someone else. If you really empathize, I mean, you're going to go somewhere that's not pretty. That's right. But how can you empathize with humanity as a whole until you can... Well, it goes back to you are not a good person. Like until you, It does. Until you understand both sides. It doesn't mean you have to go to the other side, but you do have to understand it. And... To understand it, you have to empathize with why someone would go there. Yeah. Why, why is this? Why is this ugliness exist? Well, you have to know it. You have to know it without yeah. succumbing to it, but you have to know That's it. That's it. And, yeah, you don't get lost there, right? You, yeah. You know the word I always use. You don't indulge. There's a big ah. difference there. I, I love that word. I use that usually when it's like when you're experiencing your emotions, your own feelings, you know, you know, my my uh, allow and let go thing. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. when you're allowing, there's a really big difference between allowing and indulging. And it takes some time to really realize that what the difference yeah. is. Do you know what I mean? When you're allowing yourself to have a feeling, it's tricky that you can easily slip into indulging it, <laughs> you know, which isn't what we're trying to do. Right. And the so line anyways. between them is always moving. It is. It is. Right? That's why process is more important than having rules. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. not defining the line. It's 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 feeling the line and learning how to step on both sides and knowing what they feel like and, and knowing the difference and dancing with that line. Yeah. And this is what the Tao means when they yes. say that. Like this is why morality is a step down or two, because it's a mm-hmm. it's a rule. And and you lose all sorts of, you lose, it's rigid. It's not as flexible. Yeah. Like we talked about having that flexibility, right? I mean, that's what they're pointing at. Like you need to be able to dance, man. You know, (laughs) you can't be. You need to be able to dance. And empathy is the same way. It is. You need to be able to dance with it and know the line and, and understand the line, the lines between, you know, what you are empathetic with and your empathetic blind spots. You have to know where the line is between the unknown, the uncomfortable unknown and your too well-known habits. Like there's a line Mm. between those. Uh, Serving the others versus serving yourself. You have to know where that line is and it's always changing and it's always moving, which is why the work is important, which is why that freedom is important because you need freedom to move and dance. That's it. Mm. And you can only, the freedom has to be earned through the work through vulnerability, through allowing it, through balance, through all these things we talk about.
Yeah, through struggling through all the wrong conversations. <laughs> right? Through having right. a million wrong conversations and exactly. losing yourself to empathy and anger and, and failing other people because you've lost yourself to empathy and anger. Exactly. Like, yes, constant Forgiving failure. yourself for all of it. Exactly. Forgiving right. yourself for all of it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So that was our conversation on empathy. And we would love to know what you think. Was that the wrong conversation on empathy? Uh, was it a better conversation? Was it a not so good conversation? Please join <laughs> the conversation. Please, please uh, add yes. your voice to this conversation so we can see whether it was the wrong conversation or not, what we missed, uh, or how you learned these lessons that we're talking about. You know, share your story. We shared ours. Yeah. You can share yours. Yeah. Actually, too, any suggestions for further conversations are welcome. I would love to hear that. What's something you would like to hear us, you know, banter back and forth about? That would be a very interesting thing to leave in the comments. Uh, Absolutely. And so commenting is very meaningful to us. You know, likes and yeah. shares and subscriptions are deeply important to what we're trying to do here. I mean, we'll, we'll talk like this with or without you, but uh, we prefer to do <laughs> it right. with you. We've done it for decades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would prefer to do it with you. We would prefer to share it, not just yeah. for your good, but for our good, because I feel yeah. like that as we as we have these conversations and we get feedback from people, we learn from you. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. uh and and we're we're just trying to have a better conversation. That's the whole goal here. It is. It is. So for our next conversation, we are going to talk about how you are not enough. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> love it, David. As I love all our conversations and I look forward to it. All right. We'll see you next Goodbye, week. Bye, my friend. Sounds great. Bye. Hello again, everyone. This is David, if you haven't guessed by now. And if you're hearing this, that means you have listened through to this entire episode. And so on behalf of Adrian and myself, we say thank you for listening, and we hope that it provided some value for you. If you are enjoying these podcasts, you can play a very important role in keeping them coming. You can subscribe, share us with your friends, and perhaps the most helpful thing you can do right now is to leave us a review. Podcasts like this live or die by these small acts of kindness and support that only you can give. If you'd like to stay up to date with the show, become part of our growing family, as well as receive some extra special bonus goodies, please sign up on our mailing list. We won't take over your inbox and we try not to send out anything without a little something extra in it for you. There is a link where you can do that on the header section of our website, thewrongconversationpodcast.com. For the video lovers out there, don't forget that you can always watch the show on YouTube. Again, thank you for helping us get this humble little show off the ground. We really enjoy doing it, and the opportunity gives us to make a connection with you. So thank you for being a part of this. It's why we do it.